Welcome to Spawn Bifter Talks Podcast. I'm disability lifestyle influencer Diamond. I'm here to share the real life stories of Spawn Bifter Warriors. Spawn Bifter is not always portrayed or talked about in the media the right and real way. So I'll be sharing my Spawn Bifter story, experiences, important topics related to Spawn Bifter and disability, interview my friends with Spawn Bifter and other Spawn Bifter Warriors to share with the world what life is truly like with Spawn Bifter, with one story at a time. Hey guys, welcome to Spine Bifida Talks. I'm Disability Lifestyle Influencer Diamond. I'm here to share the real life stories of Spine Bifida Warriors. And on today's episode, I talk with Dawn. She's a fellow YouTuber from Chicago. On her channel, I Slay Spine Bifida, she spreads awareness about Spine Bifida and her experiences living with Spine Bifida and more. She talks about her challenges she faced growing up with Spina Bifida, her experiences from living in a nursing home to living independently, her message to others living with Spina Bifida. Here's Don's Spina Bifida story. It started off 41 years ago when my mom um, was pregnant with me. And during those times, they didn't have, um, you know, the technology that they have today. So she didn't expect that I was going to be born with spina bifida. Although my father had this eerie feeling that it was something going on with me. So my my mom would go to the doctor and ask questions like, is everything okay? Is the baby okay? Am I okay? And they would state, everything is fine. So come August the 7th, 1978, I uh, was born, and um, that's when they had to, uh, that's when the doctors and my parents realized that I was born with spina bifida, because I had an opening in my back, and so um, it was pretty scary for them to find out, and, and especially um, I was the, their second child, you know, so they were just expecting this healthy baby and nothing was going to go wrong. So, um, they took me away from my mother, uh, right away because I had that opening in my back and, um, they had to do immediate uh, surgery to close that um, opening. And so my my mom said she began to ask the doc- doctors what was going on. And, you know, they explained to my, my parents that I had spina bifida and they didn't know anything about spina bifida. Were you born naturally or did she have a C-section? I had, a, uh, she had the C-section with me uh, okay. because I was breached and um, yeah, they had to do emergency uh, C-section with my mom. So immediately they had to take me into the um, emergency surgery to close that opening in my back. And so um it was, um, to them, it was devastating because I did ask them a question. How did they feel when they found out 
that I was born with spina bifida, they were scared, of course. And they was also still young and they didn't know anything about, you know, spina bifida. So my mom began to study some things about spina bifida and, um, um, she even asked more questions to the doctors. Like, is, am I going to um, be okay? What to expect? You know, she was just asking a whole lot of questions. Yeah, and, as she should. Mm-hmm, as she should. And so by my parents being believers in God, you know, and not only that, they were saying that I needed a shunt because I was born with the hydrocephalus. And um, they didn't want to uh, place that shunt in my head because um, it could be a torture to a baby, a small baby, and you have to keep getting it renewed every year. And it's not guaranteed. It may, and it may not work, you know. So, um, my mom said that powerful prayer to God, you know, Lord, if you cannot heal her from having that surgery, placing that shunt in your, in her head, please take her home with you. And I, at first, when I was young and she used to always say that, I'm like, what, you wanted me, you wanted me to go? And yeah. she's like, no. You know, but as I grew older and I, I have friends, you know, who also was born with spina bifida and they had uh, hydrocephalus and the shunt, I've actually seen them go through shunts that, you know, was not working and they had infections and most of them had passed. Mm -hmm. So, um, she just didn't want thinking, you to be in in pain and uncomfortable. So yeah, that's right. That's, that's understandable. Yeah. So I was like, okay, now I understand why she said that. Yeah. So, <laughs> <laughs> but um, so then um, as I was growing up as a child, um, living with spina bifida, and I was small. I knew it was something different about me because I'm I'm watching my sisters and my brother, they jumping rope and riding their bikes and running. And I'm like walking slow, holding my mom's hand so I won't fall. <laughs> so I was like, wait a minute. I want to be able to run with them, you know? Mm -hmm. And then my parents, um, you know, they comforted me and, and told me that I can do anything. You know, we just have to take things one at a time. And, you know, she was explaining to me as a kid, you know, you're going to therapy for your walking and getting your legs stronger. So you can be able to catch up with your brothers and your brother and sisters. Yeah. So, so let me ask you this. Once once your parents got you home. What was something that you did to help them to know, like, okay, my baby's going to be okay? I set up because they were saying, the doctors was telling my parents I wouldn't be able to sit up. Yeah, I, I had that too. On my own. So, so, yeah, I can relate to that. 
Yeah, so they was like, oh, she's going to be okay. Now, another thing, um, I started walking with my leg braces, and they told my parents I wouldn't be able to walk. So, or function with other children. I went to school. So, that's how they knew that I was going to be okay. I'm, I'm just so grateful, and, and I thank God every day that I'm alive and doing well, you know, and I'm here. 41 years. That was another thing they were saying that I wouldn't live past three days. So when I passed those three days and, and went to a year and more, <laughs> they was like, oh yeah, she's going to be good. So when you started school, were you put in like special classes or did you go to a special school for, you know, kids with disabilities? I went to school with kids with disabilities and non-disabled students. Oh. And I did have uh, classes where, um, what they call special ed, because um, I have a learning disability. And, um, but I didn't feel uncomfortable. The only time I felt uncomfortable is when the, when I started going to high school, you know, but elementary school was pretty good. I, um, except for the, you know, the little bullying and teasing, um, the teachers were good and, um, the school was pretty good too. So I really didn't have that much problem in elementary how was your transition from elementary to high school? It was a little challenging because, you know, as fine as people, you know, people with spina bifida, we have um, things that goes on with our, you know, bladders and things like that. And, you know, there are times when I had like little accidents and people tease, kids would tease me about that. Because um, I have no controlling of that, you know what I'm saying. So, and and they, and they don't understand that. So, it was a little challenging because I I would get bullied more in high school, and then I would want to not want to go to school. I would pretend like I was sick because I didn't want to be bullied, you know. Because it was like an everyday constant thing, and then. Um, the schoolwork got a little harder because, you know, like I was saying, I have a learning disability. And then the teachers in high school, their attitude was, oh, I'm only going to tell you one, one time. If you don't get it, oh, well, you're going to fail. You know what I'm saying? They didn't give, mm -hmm. give me a chance to bring in my, I mean, you know, complete my work. They didn't explain anything to me. It was like the homework was hand, handed to me, but they didn't explain. Mm -hmm. So as far as the school being accommodating to you, how accommodating was it as far as like you having to, you know, use the bathroom and things like that and getting around the school? Um, the high school, oh, well, both elementary and high school was accommodating. Um, 
elementary, um, everything was on one floor. And I would uh, get up to go to the bathroom without asking because they knew my situation. Um, and the same thing as high school. High school, there were um, um, elevators because this high school, um, I went to Spalding High School in Chicago. Mm-hmm. And, and um it was it it was a big nice big size school because it ran from the from kindergarten to high school. So I went to the high school side and they had elevators there. They had the nurses there, you know, and same thing. I would get up and without no without permission, you know, or asking, can I go to the bathroom? Because they knew my situation. Um, and they had LD classes. That's what they call it, learning disability classes. So. Wow, that's great. So as far as like your social life in high school, how was that? Not really great. (laughs) I'm, I've had, I, I have, um, you know, quite just maybe two or three, maybe four friends, but um as far as you know everybody wanted to get to know me it didn't work out that way because I had challenges like I said this my disability and then also um people didn't like the way I look you know they would point at my eye and laugh and they would do all kinds of stuff you know make fun of my my weight and stuff like that so it wasn't fun in high school oh wow yeah I can imagine did you like attend a prom or anything like that did you go to like the school functions and stuff only thing I did attend to was the luncheon um for my uh high school graduation and prom that was it I didn't go to like I didn't go on trips with people, you know, because I think they had uh, a trip to go to Great America. And I didn't go um, because I knew the issues that I had with my bladder. So Mm -hmm. I didn't go. But I was glad that I was able to go to prom. I didn't go with anybody. I went by myself, but I still had a good time. I still met up with some of my friends there. And, you know, after prom, we went uh, downtown just cruising. That's great because I did the same same thing. I went to prom by myself and I still had a good time. So if you're disabled out there and you don't have a date to prom, go anyway because you are still going to have a good time, right? That's right. That's right. It sure will. Yes. You can't let that stop. None at all. So as you got older and wanting like more independence, how was that transition? Like as a teenager? Oh, it was a little challenging because at at that time, I had to rely on my parents to take me places, you know? Um, And um, I, I didn't know anything about pace until I think I was about 18 years old. And then I um, 
I wanted to, there were times though when my parents would drop me off over my friend's house or they would uh, drop me off at the mall so I can meet up with the friends. You know, I would do some things and some things I, you know, I'll just stay home basically. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. So you were a- still able to get out and do things. Yeah. Whenever they had free time. Once you got in got older and like wanted to start dating, what what age were you in? How was that for you? I was about 19, 20 years old. And I'm not gonna even lie to you, girl. I'm gonna be honest with you, with you. Dating was not great for me at all. Until it's still to this day, it's not great. Mm-hmm. And it, it goes back to, you know, certain issues with spina bifida. Main problem with me is my bladder control. And yeah, people don't understand it. <laughs> yes. Well, so. I, I definitely do because bladder issues can happen at any time and it, it doesn't care where you are. So bladder issues is a big problem, especially for you. Yes. I definitely understand that. Yeah, so but you know, I'm still I'm not going to give up, you know. Maybe the good Lord is may, allowing me to wait cuz he got somebody special for me. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you I'm just be waiting. Exactly. So I'm not going to give up just because you know, people you know, is not willing to be patient and understanding. And and that's the thing. They don't talk about dating and disability issues as well as marriage and disability. You know what I'm saying? Yes. I I don't hear that at all. I don't, not, you know what I'm saying? Because I feel like if you're going to marry a person and then people, I don't know if they really acknowledge what uh, what they're saying to each other. You know what I'm saying? You might not be born with this disability, but God forbid if something happens and you become disabled, then what? You're going to leave that person because that person has no control of their bodily functions or something. You know what I'm saying? Yes, yes. But you, you stood there and said those uh, vows not only in front of your people but under the eyesight of God mm-hmm. and I don't mean to you know be all religious or nothing but like but like that's important you know yeah. he's the one that brought you all together and you here you are leaving this person and you you said the vows that you will love unconditionally through sickness and in health. Those are the important things you need to understand. Even when that person is sick, are you still going to be there for them? You know? Yeah. So. I just don't think people think too much about that part. No, they don't. They don't think like, what would I do in that type of situation? 
And yeah. as far as like dating someone with a disability, that's definitely something that's not done much in today's society. People are afraid to like get to know us and be open to dating us. Right. So exactly. It just goes back to, you know, people needing to, you know, be open minded and educated on different disabilities. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. And that's that's why that's one of the reasons why I started my channel on YouTube because I want people to know the awareness of spina bifida. And not only just spina bifida, but all disabilities. You know, the disability community, you know. Yes. We're out here. We can we can live just as well as the next person. Mm -hmm. Right. So as far as like working and employment, how has that been for you? That's been <laughs> difficult too because um, like I said, I have this issue with my bladder and I don't want to be going to work like that. You know what I'm saying? Yes. So right now I'm, I'm trying to get my transportation together so I can make it to the doctor and maybe he can help me fix this issue because I've I've done some research on you know trying to fix this bladder issue and I can't get to the doctor right now because my transportation is acting crazy yes. so <laughs> yeah but I would love to work I would love I used to work um I was in my 20s early 20s and I love the environment. It was this place called Access Living. Um, and it ran by and for people with disabilities. Yes, and I'm, so. I'm pretty aware of, of that. And um, I have did some research on, on them too. And yeah, it is a great place for people with disabilities who need, you know, help, you know, looking for homes and things like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's very comfortable, you know, you're not being judged because of your issues, you know, everybody there have different disabilities and things like that, mm -hmm. so, you know, it was like we're family. Right, it's, it's very great when you have a workplace where you feel comfortable and it's like a family. Yeah, yeah, it sure is. So um, for you to even have a job, you will need certain certain accommodations, like for you know your bladder issues. Yeah, my bladder issues, my poor vision, um, and that's basically it. Everything else, um, everything, uh, the bathrooms were accessible. I mean, it was it. it that is a great place to start working. And then that not only that, they taught me how to advocate for myself. Um, I know about housings and uh, different um, home health programs and stuff like that. So I learned something too while I was there, you know, about the ADA law and, you know, my uh civil rights for people with disabilities all those things they school you in there <laughs> that's great yeah 
That's great when you can have a job that can relate to something that you can that you're going through and you have and that can help you learn so much more. Yeah, and the, the way it happened though, I don't know if I um told you the way it happened, but I was still in high school and um at the time it was this place, I mean, uh it was this my high school um, classmate, she um, started working with uh, Access Living, but uh, she helped start a group called the Empowered Fifi's. And um, she was just gathering girls with disabilities, young girls with disabilities. And we would go to Access Living in the meeting room and just talk about life you know as a teenager with a disability and and things like that and I I thought it was so cool we had also made we also made a um documentary um just talking about our lives and what we go through daily and things like that and um that film um that documentary, we we won a, I think two awards for that. Wow. Yeah. That's so I so thought cool. it was so cool. It's so fun. I'm telling you, it's so fun. And and they um the, the ages are from uh sixteen on up to uh twenty nine. So, I feel like we need more of that because, you know, being a teenager and having a disability and having to go through all these different changes is very important, especially for yes. us with disabilities. Yes, it's, it's very important. I, I wanted to continue with a, a group of women that's older, you know, around my age, from like 29 on up to, you know, 50 plus maybe mm-hmm. but um and I'm still gonna do it because I, I still feel like there's a lot of other people out here you know who may feel like they m- may be alone in the world with their disability and we have to you know encourage one another yes but I I'm I am coming up with I want to come up with a group and I already came up with the name and everything I just want to gather up some, you know, women that's willing to, you know, maybe come together and, you know, form a group and have meetings uh, maybe once a week, twice a week, you know, and just talk about different things. Yes, that would be great. And do do some traveling too, you know, not just talk about things, but we could do some traveling together. And just fellowship with one another, you know. Yes. So, I'm I'm gonna come up with that. I am. It's just <laughs> I'm trying to get my YouTube channel together. And <laughs> hey, everything is a process and takes time, but I know you'll get it done. And oh yeah, that is something I'm, that I'm... is so needed, and I'm fully behind you on that. Okay. 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 I can't wait to tell you. I'm. A, 
I don't know if I want to announce the name right now. No, you <laughs> don't have to. Just... You don't have to. Okay, I'm a, I'll probably just, you know, take you and let you know what it is. But that's what I want to do, though, because I have a lot of other friends out here that's my age and we're not really doing nothing. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I want to be active. Yes. You know? Yes. So. So what age do you think that you really began to, like, understand your disability and do your own research on your your disability other than what the doctors and your family was able to tell you? I would say I'm about 15 years old. I started really doing some research. Um, well, younger than that, I think I was about 12 years old. I understood the difference, you know, like there's something going on with my body. Mm-hmm. And there are certain things that I'm not able to do. So, but I started doing a lot of research, more research. Um, I was about 15 years old. And um, like, I did not know that spina bifida had another name. And I did not know it had like four different types of spina bifida. And I did not know that I I was I had um Milo Meningocil. I didn't know that. And I you know what I'm saying, because uh, I I would I would remember that I would go to the doctor and they'd be like, Okay, so are you what they call it level four? I'm like, what is that? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I learned that way before I even learned like the names of it. And I'm like, even mm-hmm. that was confusing. I'm like, level it what? <laughs> it, is, it is pretty confusing. So I said, okay, maybe I need to go home and do some more research. You know, my mama was with me too, because she was like, level four, what are you doing talking about? <laughs> 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 so, but she knew Milo Meningocele, though. She mm-hmm. knew um, the, uh, that I had Milo Meningocele, but she didn't know, you know, there were four different types so we was at the library just hitting it up like okay Milo (laughs) and then that's when I learned that it was like level four I'm like oh okay (laughs) yeah it's a lot a lot of information that you have to learn when it comes to spina bifida and different ways they have and it's just a lot it's a lot and you will learn quickly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so as you started to want to be more independent and living on your own, what was that process like to start, you know, getting to like have your own place and be on your own more? It was a, it was a learning experience because you, you know, you have these, um waiting list and then too I wanted to make sure that I was ready you know um because I know um the first time I had moved out I moved out a little way too far from my family (laughs) (laughs) so and you know I 
I like to be a little close to family, you know, just in case something goes wrong and then they can just come in the house and help out, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, and then uh, my first experience with uh, my uh, personal assistant, my PA, mm-hmm. uh, and it was not with family it was um with the stranger and that didn't go well because she didn't do her job well wow. and yeah and and she would not come uh the days that she's supposed to come so <laughs> i was like okay this is not this is not gonna work you know i gotta let her go then somebody else came in that didn't work so it's like okay I'm thinking maybe I could get somebody in my family to help me out because people, um, you know, excess living, they would they would teach you about you know personal care um, givers, you know, PAs, and they would say they would say stay away from the family because family is not gonna do nothing. They gonna just be there to uh, get paid or whatever, mm-hmm. and. I was like, well, you know, that may be family that you know about, but my family is very supportive. So right. they're not, not going to do Every family is the same. Exactly. So I was like, um, I'm I'm just going to ask. So I sat my oldest sister down. I was like, um, would you be my PA? <laughs> she said, uh, What's what's that? What was it? What does that consist of? I was like, well, I'm gonna need help cleaning around the house and stuff because you know I can't reach a lot of stuff. <laughs> right. I'm short. Okay. <laughs> so, <laughs> so she's like, oh, and then I was like, and then too, you can. Um, there's other things you you uh you can do like go grocery shopping for me because you know. Like I was saying before, you know, my, my vision is poor. And so I be needing stuff like that. And then when my ride don't come, you can, at that time, I was walking. So I was like, you can drive me to the doctors. You know, that's that's what they do. So mm-hmm. she said, okay. And then um, she went through DHS and they, um, you know, provided information for her and she went through class, I believe, to, uh, you know, be trained or whatever. So, and it worked out fine after that because I was like, I don't know what's going on. I don't know what people thought they could just come up in my house and just watch TV with you. Like, uh, no. <laughs> And be on the phone all day. No, you're supposed to do your job. You know what I'm saying? Right. So it was crazy at first. It, that was a crazy experience. But then I ended up moving out because I had fell and hurt myself really badly. Then I had to have a, uh, I had to have stitches. So I, my mom was like, "You need to come back home and." you know, get better, then you can move back out. And so that happened, but the way it happened, I had ended up in a nursing home because I got very sick. Mm-hmm. 
And then um, I was in a nursing home maybe uh, three or four years. And then they helped me find a place to stay in Oak Park. And um, I had moved out the year before last. Oh, wow. So, and it's been and it's been a a a, a great journey. I've um, you know, you you just live and you learn. When you go through life, live and learn. All right, you definitely got to live, live and learn. Right, even though that was a hardship, um, uh, with you know going through the nursing home because they terrible. I ain't gonna sit here and lie. That, that was the only best thing that happened was them helping me find this beautiful apartment. And that was it. Wow. Yes. So what? But I, I ended up um, moving closer to my sister and my mom. They, they're both close. That's good that your family is there to help you and you know you were able to have your parents be there you know as your personal assistant you know when they told you no (laughs) but but what advice would you give to someone else who wants to you know move out that has a disability from what you have experienced I say have a talk with your parents. Tell them how you feel. You know, you don't have to be in a disrespectful way. <laughs> but just let them know, you know, you want to experience being on your own. And there are a lot of research, a lot of resources out there about people with disabilities and living on your own independently. You know, um, and like I said, if you don't feel like you want somebody helping you around the house that's a stranger, but you want somebody that knows you, maybe you can talk to somebody in your family and say, hey, I, you know, I was wondering if you could be my personal caregiver. Or if you don't need a personal caregiver, there are a lot of researches just about um, low-income housing, you know, just start doing your research about low-income housings and make sure your your name is on a list. So that way, you know, when you are ready to move out, you, you've already completed an application, you know, because those waiting lists are very long. <laughs> yes, I know. <laughs> It's like pulling teeth, you know, so so you never know. And and don't um sign don't fill out an application only for one place. Do it in different locations where you desire you wanna live. Yeah. That's how I think. But all means you can do it. If you put your mind to it, you can do it. And if you have great support. Your family is supporting you and rooting you on. That is the best thing to have. The best thing to have. So. 
And even if you're if if you are by yourself, still press on, you know, still keep pushing because there is a reason why you're still here, you know? Yes. Turn your tragedy into a testimony. That's what I tell people. Mm-hmm. Definitely. So what are some misconceptions about spina bifida do you think people have? Misconceptions? Yes. Like wrong ideas or wrong thoughts or information. Um, oh, I'm glad you said that because <laughs> I had to correct my sister the other day. I love her, but I had to correct her a little bit. She says... Um, I, well, and then it's a lot of other people I heard say this, but they was like, uh, they, they'd be like, you, um, you need to be able to walk to be independent. Um, I want to walk, but no, you can be independent if you're not walking. Yes, Definitely. Because I've seen people that that's worse off than me. They, you know, they can't even move their hands. They're paralyzed from the neck down, and they live on their own. And you know what? They wait for their people to come through that door to help them help them get out that bed, and they live by themselves. Some some people, you know, they have live-in PAs or whatever. But for me, I can get in and out my bed. I could cook for myself. I can get in and out the tub. I can do all of that. It's it's just certain little things that I'm not not able to do. All right. And I'm living by myself, you know. So when you see people like me or you in the streets that does not mean we can't be out by ourselves you know that doesn't mean we can't never get married and all of that you know those thoughts is crazy thoughts to me it, it's just crazy yes we can definitely do a lot and be independent and not need that much help so that's right. definitely a misconception yeah because what other choice do we have? Exactly. Exactly. And independency is very important. Very important. Especially in a disability community. Because we don't want to be another statistic. Yes, definitely. So is that, that your only mean. one or your biggest one? Um... Well, that was one of my uh, biggest ones. Um, another is, like I was saying, we can't um, get married. We can't have babies. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> we can't work. We can't date. You know, all of that is not true. And we, we can live productive lives. Yes, everybody and, and, with spina bifida is not the same. Not everybody's gonna have the same experiences and go through the same things. Exactly, all different. All different. Yes, yes, and 
people fail to realize that. But, you know, that's why we have to, you know, bring awareness to people. Like, you know, you don't have to treat us any different because of our uh, disability. Right. We're just like the next person. We may move a little slower than the average, but we're doing it. Yes, there are still so many people out there that need to be educated and those out there that think they're educated that need to, you know, learn some more education on certain disabilities and spina bifida. Yeah, I agree. So, but I think it's cool. The ones that, you know, are bringing awareness and talking about it. I think it's so cool that, you know, they're doing doing that, you know. Because it's a lot of us out here and it's enough of us out here. We should, you know, bring awareness to people that don't know. Yes. You got to keep going and keep fighting for it. Mm-hmm. So when yeah. it comes to your identity with Spina Bifida, how do you identify yourself and are there any like certain words that you get offended by when other people talk about your disability or are like introducing you? Um, how do I identify myself? Um, I would just say I'm, I'm goofy. <laughs> I don't let, you know, I don't let my disability uh, identify who I am. Yes, there's more to you than your disability. That's exactly. There's more, there's more to me than my disability. Because, uh, like I said, um, and, and that's why I came up with the name I Slay Spina Bifida. You know, spina bifida don't slay me. I slay it, you know? Yes. Like, that. this is how you look at it. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. No, I'm not going to slay with it. I'm going to slay it. That's how I see it, you know? So, I don't... You know, when people say, oh, you talking about that girl with uh, spina bifida or, oh, this... Um, this is the lady in the wheelchair I was telling you about. She had spina bifida. No, my name is Dawn. Okay. <laughs> yes, I'm living with spina bifida, but I'm not going to let it control me. You know what I'm saying? I'm going to do the best that I can do. Yes, definitely. So, um, and then what was the other question? I'm sorry. <laughs> It was, how do you, what words do you get offended by that people use when talking about you and your disability? Um, cripple. Yes, me too. <laughs> I don't like that word. Me neither. I, I used to then like handicap. I, I don't know. It's just this thing right with me, but. Um, but cripple, I don't like that at all. Like, I am not crippled, okay? (laughs) 
no, I'm not crippled. Right. And then there's no like real definition to what that word means. I mean, I've Googled it so many times and I'm like, what do you mean by crippled? You know? Right. It's crazy. You can't call somebody something. There's no real definition for it. And if there is, please let me know. Okay. Because I want to know too. Right. (laughs) I want to know too. So what are some of your passions in life? I know that you love to do your, um, the new business that you have going on. So I'll let you talk about that. Oh, yes. I love to crochet, girl. Um, my Look, my cash app is Crochet Diva. <laughs> <laughs> hey, put it out there, girl. Yes. Okay. <laughs> but yes, I love to crochet beautiful scarves and hats. Um, I'm getting into my blankets now. They're a little tedious because the ones that I want to do, like I was saying before, I, I want to, you know, display pictures on, on the blanket. So that's a little tedious, but I know I'm able to do it and I have the tools to do that. Um, and I also, I'm trying to get more into the YouTube thing, even though I, you know, started five months ago. Um, it's just a lot to learn about YouTube. Then I want to be able to have the right tools for that. Yeah. Definitely. I, so, I understand. <laughs> YouTube is a lot, but you're doing great at it. Like, I love your you. channel and I, I want you to go far. I know you're going to go far with it. And I, you know, I'm behind you 100% on your YouTube channel and everything that you were, you were doing. I appreciate that. Thank you. Because, <laughs> you know, I was calling you with some questions like, Hey, we got to help each other and be there for each other, you know? Yes, we do. We do. You can always reach out to me when you need help with YouTube and anything else. I appreciate it, girl. I do. You've been there for day one, trust me. (laughs) (laughs) But, um, and yeah, I like to uh, crochet and I'm also starting to get into, you know, decorating empty wine bottles or jars and things like that. And I want to incorporate that into my crochet. Like um, if I was doing a nursery set with the rug and the blanket and making a lamp out of a wine bottle, I want to be able to do that. You know, just doing different things that, and I know people that will love it, you know what I'm saying? So Yes, and you can, you know, make money from it and, you know, be, be in business for yourself when you can't really, you know, have a normal to be able to get there and, you know, things like that. So it's great to, you know, have your own business. Exactly. And then you don't have nobody to answer to either. So, yes, I'm, I'm, I'm really into the entrepreneur thing. So, yes, I'm finding like us with disabilities, that's the best option for us because not everybody is going to give us an opportunity to work for them. You know, we have to take it into our own hands and, you know, be our own bosses and go in business for ourselves. Yeah. That's true. So, so true. I agree. I know that on your channel, you talked about 
your experience living in a nursing home. So can you talk a little bit about that? Okay. Um, Nursing home experience for me was not a good experience, but it was also a learning experience. Um, And the reason why it wasn't a good experience was because um, I saw the true colors in people that are working in the nursing home. And from my point of view, it's all about the money. And I really don't recommend anyone putting their loved ones, unless they really have to, you know, put them in a nursing home. Um, unless you're able to go out there and check on your loved ones every day. I've seen so much. I've seen people being mistreated and and I've been mistreated and but it was tried, you know, because I, I thank God for my family because every everything that they did to me, I would call and let my parents know. They would come up there and, you know, help advocate for me because um, when you're being talk, talked over or looked over, people is not going to listen to you. So it's always good to have someone in your corner um, that's willing to help and support you and uh, help help advocate for you. You know what I'm saying? Because yeah. yes. people, they tend to think, okay, that person is in the wheelchair or that person doesn't walk right, or they, they have a learning disability. And, and they, especially when you have a learning disability, they treat you like you're just dumb and you don't know anything. And that is so not true. You know what I'm saying? So yeah, it's, it's nursing homes is a bad experience. The only good experience I had living in the nursing home is my apartment they help uh, provide for me that's the only thing and I know a lot of people ask me how did I get this apartment and I tell them that I had I was living in a nursing home and I was ready to get out of there you know and so they helped me to get a place but I just don't recommend anybody staying there you know because the, the way they treat people and um, when doctors come and visit, half of the time, well, my experience, my doctor was always sitting at the front desk writing prescriptions for me to, to take and then never come and discuss to me what why I'm taking these medi- new medications that you're prescribing to me. Like, and then the nurses would get mad when I tell them I'm not taking that medication. You know, that's crazy. Yeah. It, it is crazy. Like, uh, how you just gonna write up a prescription and never contact my family or never talk to me and let me know what's going on? Why am I taking these medications? I mean, yeah, you could be giving I, you anything. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I'm like, I'm not going to take that because uh, um, anything can make me sick. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, so I, I, 
girl, I'll, I'm just like, uh-uh, I cannot be taking no medications. I don't know what this is for. I don't know what kind of side effects it it caused. I mean, what's the deal? But in reality, I feel like they they get paid by um, patients that that takes the medication, and that's not good because you're putting money before health. Health is more important than money. Yes, you know? I always say that. It's so, always about money with, you know, doctors and, you know, these healthcare people. And it's like a life is more important. Like y'all putting the wrong thing first. Exactly. And then they think they know it all. You know, I had a D.O.N. to tell me because um, um, I had to have a Foley catheter inserted because I had um, pressure wounds. And mm -hmm. You know, I, I didn't want it to get infected, you know, because of my um, bladder being uncontrolling and I cannot control it. Of course, that's, you know, that's part of spina bifida. But um, she told the nurses not to change the Foley's unless it's something wrong with the Foley. You supposed to change the Foley catheters at least every two weeks. But in the nursing homes, they, they'll change it once a month. They wow. forget, like, you know, you read about spina bifida all the time. We are prone to infections. Some of us yes. get it back to back. And I'm one of them that get it back to back. So I, I have to make sure everything that's around me is clean. Everything that I use is clean. So that means don't be trying to change my Foley once a month. Do it every two weeks like it's supposed to be. So things are actually, it ain't supposed to be every two weeks. I change, I change when I use my, uh, when I do self-caffeine, mm -hmm. I, I change it every day. I don't use the same catheter. You yeah, know? Yeah, you're not supposed to use the same one. Exactly. Safe at all. Exactly. But those Foley catheters, you really supposed and that that stays in you. So you're supposed to change it every two weeks, like they said. So I I politely went to her like a woman. I wasn't loud with her. I wasn't getting all ghetto with her. I said it in a calm voice. I said, I I I need the nurses to change my Foley every two weeks. If you're not going to do it every two weeks, okay, every month, which is really pushing it, you know? Yeah. And she quotes back to me, I got myself a degree. I know what I'm talking about. Well, you don't have no degree with this body, baby. Right. I've been living this body for 41 years so you don't you know my thing is if you're gonna work in a, a nursing home facility and you bump into a patient like me that's well alert and knows her own body listen stop saying 
I don't know what I'm talking about because I do. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's all about respect. You yeah. know? People treat people with disabilities like they can't speak up for themselves or they don't know what's going on, but that's not always the case. Exactly. You just it's can't treat only. everybody the same. Exactly. Because we're not. We're not the same. And so, you know, she told me... Uh, I didn't know what I was talking about. Do you know the very next day I was burning up with a fever? Oh, By the time they got me to the hospital, uh, my fever was up to 107. I was so hot. Oh. that The nurses, uh, when they touched my arm, they was like, oh my God, you is really hot. You know? And... um. It it was terrible. I and come to find out, I had uh, a bladder infection that spread it to the kidney, so I was in a lot of pain. Yeah, I've definitely experienced that, so I I definitely understand what that feels like. That's not comfortable at all. It's not, girl. I was in pain. I was in tears. And the fevers are nothing to play with. No, they're not. No, they're not to play with. I, I, you know, and and then after that fever left, because it it was so bad, they had to put ice patches on me and stuff. And yep. um mm -hmm. and then uh when it when the fever left, I experienced bad headache after that. So you can't be doing people like that. She was sitting up there looking stupid. Like I told you, and then when I came back. And see, this is what another thing that they do. When the, they send a patient out to the hospital, they go in, in their room and move their stuff, you know, to another room. And then when you come back, some of your stuff is missing. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Not only she put me in, into another room. It was upstairs with a lot of other people, you know, and I know there's people out there that, you know, have mental disabilities, but I strongly do not believe that they should be mixing mental disabilities with the physical. Reason why I say that, because you don't know what goes in that person's mind. You don't know what goes on. Okay, yeah, they can be calm, but you don't know that one day they can, it could be a year from now, they could snap and hurt that person that's in, that has a physical problem, you know, and then you tell me to uh, park my chair outside the room where I can't even reach my chair. So what, what am I supposed to do? Let that person hurt me? You know what I'm saying? So it's all about safety in the in the nursing home. All of that, all of that matters. Safety, the environment, the way the staffs treat you, and just because that that facility is in a nice neighborhood does not mean it's the cleanest. Does that does not mean that people there are the nicest? That don't mean it. Don't it don't mean nothing. You got to really dig into um, the nursing home and, and their history because they also not only when they getting sued by, you know, residents, loved ones and stuff, 
because of a death or a fall. You know what I'm saying? They changed the name. If you see nursing homes out here changing names from left to right, it's something wrong. Somebody got sued. Wow. So do your homework before you put your loved ones out here. There's more ways to skin a cat. More, more than one way to skin a cat. That's what I'm trying to say. And we got these home care services out here. If you don't want your loved ones to be surrounded by a stranger or you don't want no stranger in your house to take care of your loved one or yourself, sit down and talk to your family and see if somebody is willing to, to help you out. You know what I'm saying? Because that's what I do. I'm not going to sit here and, and be in a nursing home and being mistreated like that. And not only that, they, they, they take all of your money and only give you $30 for the whole month and they want the people that got uh, the residents they they got big money and make money they give them the better rooms the bigger rooms when people like myself that have uh, a bigger wheelchair that needs space to get in and out the bathroom and things like that you putting us in a, in a little room with a, uh, three other people and we pack, packed in there like sardines. You know? So it, it, that's what it's all about. Money. To a lot of these facilities out here, nursing home facilities. And it's just, it's just ridiculous. They need to do better. Yeah, and then, well, I'm glad you're speaking about it because it needs to be known. Yeah, and these staffs need to go, go, really go to school and learn about all the disabilities. Because you can't just sit here and just tell me what my body is going through. I tell people all the time, spina bifida um, affects people in many, many different ways. Yeah, we're not all the same. We are not different same. things. Exactly. Some we go through the worst things. Some some of us don't. Some of us, you know, is is way worse than others. You know, so don't do that. Don't just close your mouth. Go to school and learn about it. Definitely. So I know with spina bifida, you know, it comes with a lot of surgeries. Mm -hmm. So for you, what what surgery have you had? Do you feel like had the hardest impact on you physically and mentally? Um, the surgery on me, um, I would say my legs and my feet and my ankles. Um, that that hit the hardest because, um, even with leg braces, I still tend to lose my balance when I'm standing up, and it's it's just hard. Walking is hard, and then when when you're not doing it for a while, because I, you know, I I had. I had to stop walking because I had a pressure wound on my foot. 
and it was not healing. Of course, you know, because low circulation, spina bifida, it's all mixed. You know what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. um, when I had went to the nursing home, I couldn't put no pressure. That, that wound on my foot was open. So I couldn't put no pressure on my foot at all for months. So when you are um, not walking for months, you lose the ability, your muscles start to uh, weaken. And and then you, you, when you're trying to um, get regain that, that strength in your legs, it's like, it's hard. It's really hard. So I think that's the most thing that, um, that affected my body was my legs. Um, having surgery on my legs. Um, not so much on my back because when I was born, um, I didn't remember the surgery. You know, they <laughs> got me from my mother and took me in, in the emergency surgery and closed that up, you know. Mm-hmm. So I I don't really uh, remember. Well, I don't remember having having surgery on my back but I do experience pain as well on my back so I hope that answered your question (laughs) yeah yeah definitely I understand because it's like you know when you have somebody with spina bifida that does want to do you know walk and exercise and do you know everything they can and you have something like a pressure sore that's stopping you you know it's it's you know it just make you feel discouraged and mm-hmm. you, know, you, you want to get up and you know not just sit around and you know but you got to let your body heal and go through what it's going through yeah you know you it's have so important. That, that get get in the way and it's unfortunate but you know we just yeah keep going and we just you know want to walk yeah and it, it'll happen one day it'll happen yes definitely you just got to keep and going and exactly and, and I, I you know I'm standing up and transferring myself in and out my chair a lot so that's a that that's a great step right there yeah mm-hmm. it sure is so I think I think I'm doing pretty good doing stuff, you know, by myself and not, you know, depending on people helping me so much, you know, even though I do get help, but you know, it just feels good to try to do things on your own as well. Yes. Yes. We try to do as much as we can on our own. Mhm. So what advice would you share with a young girl or boy growing up with spina bifida don't give up um and i say this all the time i i diamond you know i love god but god is always with us you know he picks this journey for us to go through and it's not easy you know life it's not supposed to be easy. Life is a test. And whatever you learn from, you know, 
living with spina bifida, it, it makes you stronger. What they say, what kills you makes, what doesn't kill you makes you stronger. That's what I'm trying to say. And just keep going, keep pushing, keep trying. Um, and know that you are a conqueror. You are a warrior. We are miracles around here, you know, because when, when the doctors say something else, God always says something different. So just hold on, be strong, slay spina bifida, okay? Slay <laughs> yes. it. Yes, because that's what we do. We slay in all obstacles that, that comes our way, you know? And so I so love that that phrase that I made up. <laughs> yes, I love it too. Because it it's so true, you know. We are beautiful people. Yes, we are, and and we're more than than a conqueror. We we are, um, wonderfully and fearfully made by God. So yes. believe in yourself. And hold on to the support that you have within your family, your friends, or whoever that that is there to support you. Appreciate that person because they're only there to help you. So that's all I got to say, y'all. You know. Yes, you definitely got to stay close to your family, and you know, because at the end of the day, that's the best support. Yes, it is the very best, you know, and learn all you can learn about spina bifida because I'm still learning. I'm 41, you know? Yes. So it doesn't, it doesn't matter how old you are. You, you learn things every day. Every day there's something new about spina bifida that I didn't know, you know? Yes. Mm -hmm. It's so true. I asked you what word would you describe your life with spina bifida and you said challenging. Why is that for you? Um because well for one thing driving I I've always wanted to drive and I'm not sure if my eyesight came from um um the hydrocephalus problem, mm -hmm. or I don't know where it came from, um, but my eyesight is very poor. And I really wanted to drive, drive myself around, you know, and it's just like, depending on people to help me out, you know, and they, they might say, oh, well, I'm, I, it's going to be delayed because I got something else to do. And you'd you be like, I want to do it, but I'm not able to reach something. I don't want to fall. You know what I'm saying? Yes. It's challenging. It really is. But you know what? It still, go, it still makes me stronger. It, it makes me uh, realize I'm still pressing on, even though there are, I'm having my bad days with my bladder issues or, you know, my back is hurting. You know, I get a lot of nerve pain. 
So I don't know, you know, I don't know if you ever experienced that, but I experienced that. And nerve pain does not feel good, especially in my back. So having to rely on somebody to do something for you and then you have to wait <laughs> and you like, you want it done, you be like, okay, I can't, I, I'm not able to do it right now. <laughs> I got to wait, but it's it, it could be challenging at times, you know? Yeah, having a disability will make you have to have patience. Yeah. You just got to be patient and keep going and, you know. Yeah, that's so true. And that's one thing I learned about uh, my disability um, when I was, you know, a young adult, that patience is a virtue. Patience, you got to have a lot of patience. Mm-hmm. What would you like for people to know and understand about spina bifida? Um, spina bifida is not contagious. I don't like when people say it's contagious or, or they act like or they think like it's contagious. You can't get it through touching or it's not a sexual transmitted disease. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. I hate when people say that. Like, have you read about spina bifida? You know, go read before you open your mouth about spina bifida, first of all. Read about it. And Another thing, um, what gets to me is when uh, people uh, don't, when they, you know, try to get to know you and things like that, and then then they try to, uh, I'm trying to think about what I'm trying to say here. People always seem to think that we can't get married, we can't have babies, we can't live productive lives, we can't have jobs. We can very well do the same thing just as well as the next person that don't have spina bifida or a disability, period. You know, some of us may, you know, move a little slower than others, but that does not mean that we can't enjoy life yes. because we're we're in a condition where and honey, let me tell you, I love to travel. Okay. I'm getting back into my traveling mode. I've been to been on cruises. I've been on airplanes. Uh, I just I did a video a couple months back about how to travel with a disability. So, you know. We can conquer the world. This is why I, I'm i like, I like the name. I slay spina bifida. We're going to slay in everything that comes our way. We're going to slay it. You know yes, what I'm saying? Yes. So I don't let nothing hold me back. Nothing. If I'm not feeling good the next, uh, the first day, I best believe we're going to try it the next day. 
you know, <laughs> stuff yeah. like that. I mean, so, you don't have your days, but yeah, everybody not every day is gonna day. be, you know, not every day is gonna be wonderful, right? Yes, and and we we have we got our dating lives, we got love lives, you know, things like that. I, you know, you can't be like stereotype. We're not. We're not trying to be another uh, statistic. You know what I'm saying? Yes, definitely. So. Got to get away from that. Yes. People need to be educated and aware. Aware of what spina bifida is. That's, you know, that's why I'm so glad that you and I got, uh, you, me, and um, Ev, we got our channels out there for spina bifida awareness because we letting people know and all the you uh, all the rest of the youtubers that um living with spina bifida we got our channels out there because people really need to know what spina bifida is yes yeah and we're we're doing a lot and we accomplishing a lot and we just gonna keep growing and you know making people listen to what we have to say and see what it's really like to live with spina bifida and not, you know, some made up and some that's not really true and, you know, the real facts. I want to say thank you to Don for joining me on today's episode of Spina Bifida Talks. You can follow Don on her YouTube channel, I Slay Spina Bifida. And you can follow me on Instagram at Diamond in the Rough with two Ds and on Twitter, Diamond 188 with two Ds. And subscribe to my YouTube channel, Diamond in the Rough. Challenges in life is where strength is developed. It's where growth happens. I think people forget that, but those of us with disabilities are reminded of that every day. You can't make progress without having a challenge to face. But as long as you don't run from challenges, run them over. You will reach what you seek. Thank you for listening, and I will talk to you all on the next episode of Spine Bifida Talks.